Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Get Writing Radio Show. Two-time published author, speaker, and ghostwriter Karen Rowe will help you get that book out of your head and into your reader's hands. Get ready. It's time to get writing. podcast for authors, speakers, and entrepreneurs who want to get their books written and published with speed and ease. I am your host, Karen Rowe. So my guest this evening is professional namer Canon Wing. Canon has named products that have earned billions worldwide for over two decades. She centers her work in helping international brands and entrepreneurs alike step into a greater future by naming it, and we'll get into what she means by that. She's named for international household names such as Hershey's, Kia, Capital One, Stouffer's, Kraft, Puma, and Best Buy. A recipient of the National Endowment for the Arts Grant in Poetry, Cannon is a recognized namer and has been featured in Marie Claire, Freedom Fastlane, Visionosity, and Women Business Owners International. I first became acquainted with Cannon through one of my clients who had hired her to name a book, and I was so impressed with the title that Cannon created in her process that I reached out to her. So I went through her naming course, which I'll tell you about in a little while, and I'm so thrilled to have her here tonight because book titling is one of the most important processes in the book and the one that gets overlooked the most often. So Cannon, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Karen. I really appreciate being here. So, Karen, I was saying to you earlier, I think you may have one of the careers that's even rarer than mine. I don't often come across many ghostwriters, and I've never come across a professional namer until I met you. So I know that you were discovered at a poetry reading you were given, but how did you become a namer? How did you start your career? Yeah, we both have one of those jobs that all you have to do is say your job title at a party and you're engaged in a wonderful conversation. That's right. Um, <laughs> I'm a namer, you're a what? Yeah, uh, it's actually a really big business. And as your readers may have guessed, it does earn billions of dollars when you have the right name and it makes you lose them when you have the wrong name. So the yeah. way I got started was the way all great things start, by following my heart. I was giving a poetry reading after receiving the um, NEA grant, the National Endowment for the Arts grant, and there happened to be a namer in the audience, and she came up to me after the reading and said, you use adverbs better than anyone I've ever met, and I was like, did I even use an adverb? What? Do I know what an adverb is? (laughs) And she said, I'm a a namer, and I have a, a deadline in 48 hours. I'll split my naming fee with you. This is 22 years ago, and I'll give you $1,800. Mind you, my rent was $100 at the time. Would you like wow. to do it? Yeah. And I said, <laughs> I don't understand the words coming out of your mouth, but yes, yes, yes. Whatever that is, I will do it. $1,800, so, uh, I understand yeah, that. Yeah, $1,800, I understand that. So we ate all day because we were naming hummus. And I came up with hundreds of names, as did she, as did the CEO and the advertising company that they hired and the sales team and everybody's wives and husbands and the naming company. So I was the ghost namer like you, but I was way, way down the list. And uh, my name was chosen and passed international trademark out of the thousands of names. So she did me a great kindness, and she confessed, and she said, I hired a ghost namer. You could fire me, or you could try her out. And the next four names, the exact same thing happened. My name was the one chosen, and um, I had a career. 
Right, and obviously a knack, a knack for it, right? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, and I can share, I can share with you and your reader, your listeners, what that really was, and it's very much in their their wheelhouse because it's storytelling. I just knew instinctually that I needed to tell a story in order to have a great name, and I've learned over 22 years of experience how to really break that down so that the name compels people emotionally to buy the product. Great. So there's lots of that. Well, go ahead. I mean, really, storytelling, I say all the time, is really the best way to engage an audience, whether you're writing for a book or, you know, a a blog or a title. It's really we're hardwired to remember stories. Exactly. And the, the name is really the world's greatest, shortest story. And you can't you can't overlook it because that's the face of your company, the face of your book. We're not going to read the book if the name doesn't compel us to buy it. We're not going to be able to share it with our friends and family, the world's best form of advertising and the freest, right? Unless, right. Unless we feel good about ourselves for having known that book. And the, the title of the book should make the reader feel good about themselves. They should feel like the hero of the story, right? Oh, interesting. Yeah, so the four attractions in, of a great name are, one, emotions. You should be able to name the emotion of the title of your book. It should be clear to you and to the reader what you are evoking. Uh, two, it should be a wish fulfilled, something that they have in their life that they want to have make better or a conflict that they need to resolve, right? The four-hour work week is a perfect example of a way fulfilled. What are we doing? We're sitting in our cubicles and thinking, how did I come here? And then we see this book, (laughs) and it's the four-hour work week. We have to buy it. We're compelled to buy it because it's a wish fulfilled. And it has to be memorable. Four-hour work week is also very memorable because it's short and it's alliterative. Yeah. And And it has to be new but familiar, If it's very new and we don't understand what you're talking about, we're going to be confused, we're not going to buy it. And if it's very familiar, it sounds very boring. It sounds like everything else. sounds like static. So you have to have a really good balance between new but familiar in order to do that. Four-hour work week also is new but familiar, right? We are all familiar with 40-hour work week, but the concept Mm -hmm. of four-hour work week is something that's really new. So that's a really brilliant title. Did you come up with that book title? <laughs> uh, no, but I would have. He he split tested it. That's how he came up with it. And if he had come to me, I would have explained why that one won. It's because yeah. it's calling it's calling to being that greater future, exactly what people are looking for. The greater future is they're not sitting in their cubicle for 40 hours a week and commuting for however many hours it takes them. If you're in L.A., that's another 40, right? Right. <laughs> Just commute. But if you really think about that, what I just um, explained, the four attractions of a great name, they are also the exact same things that make up a great story. It's emotional. We go on an emotional journey. We, the hero, we get a wish fulfilled, right? We come back to the village with the elixir that we, you know, got on the quest, right? It's very memorable. We can tell the story to our friends and family. That's part of the joy of the journey. And it's new but familiar. Something new came into our lives into our familiarity, and it pulled us into a greater future. Or we went somewhere new in the story, right, and out of our familiar in order to come back with the wish fulfilled. 
And that's the a really thing. tall order. Yeah, it's tall order mm-hmm. to get in, you know, two or three word title or, you know, be, because you have all of that to fill in. And what I say about book titles is, number one, to remember that you are going to say that book title hundreds, if not thousands of times over the next, you know, two or three years especially. Um, so you have to, like, the memorable part is if you can't remember it, if you, <laughs> you know, um, you can't expect your, your readers to remember it. And mm-hmm. um, and so that's, like, really a lot. And, and also people, you know when you have a good book title. Like, so I really like that you break down what makes a good book title. I've said book titles to people and, immediately they either get it or they're confused. And if they're confused, it's not effective. So Yes. And, yeah, they can't be confused. They have to be, it has to be so clear and also so emotional that you're compelled to buy it. I just um, renamed a book. I just renamed a couple of books that might illustrate the point about a wish fulfilled and the emotional Great. Um This uh, author named Marco Petkovic, he came to me with his book title, Marriage Hack. H A C K S. Okay. Well, what, yep. what, do you, what do you think about that title? You heard that title, Marriage Hacks, or just? Well, it sounds like it's shortcuts to save your marriage or something like that, right? Things you can mm-hmm. do that would make your marriage easier. Um, yeah, I, that's what I think. <laughs> I think it's yeah. pretty clear. You know, I, I know yeah, what it is. Pretty it's clear. Short. That's what I like. Yeah. Yeah, not, not that emotional. Pretty clear. Also, it sounds like some work. Um, if I oh, don't yeah. know the word hack, I might think yeah. a very negative thing. I might be picturing a horror yeah. show. If I don't understand hack, it's a very computer right. term. It's not very yeah. raw. It doesn't really speak to the woman's heart. So, no. And that, that's who the buyer of the book is, the, the wife okay. of buying the yeah. book. We went through that demographic. So we went many um, choices. And always trying to hit that bullseye between those four quadrants of emotion, wish fulfilled, memorable, and new but familiar. Uh, marriage hack did not hit emotion. It didn't hit a wish fulfilled. No. It hit no. memorable and maybe new but familiar, but a little bit too much on the new, in my opinion. Not a perfect right. balance. Not a perfect balance. So we oh. renamed it Feel Good Marriage. Feel Good Marriage. Mm. And what is happening? The woman isn't feeling good in her marriage, right? She wants to figure this out. She wants to have a harmonious, happy home, right? She doesn't want a marriage hack. She wants a feel-good marriage. That's the greater future, right? Marriage hack is the work that it takes to get there. I don't want to buy work. I want to buy my better life. That's why we buy every product. Emotionally, no one wants to work, right? So any title that indicates that there's work, I mean, we all want this miracle cure, you know, to losing weight or to a better marriage or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that I, I get that. And I think the other interesting thing you just said was that the the buyer of the book was a female. So if mm-hmm. the buyer of the book was to, to be a male and, you know, of a certain demographic or something, you know, in, yeah. in their 20s maybe or something like that, that might be an okay mm-hmm. name. But mm-hmm. typically I say that women are always the buyers of the book. Right? Yeah. <laughs> In general, uh-huh. we are the buyer. We are the buyers of most products. Definitely, it's that book. But you know, um, marriage hack for that. This is one of the um, pitfalls that we want all of your listeners to avoid. Because, yeah, it could be a book for that demographic. It's very, very small. That would be mm-hmm. you know younger male, right? yeah. Young, younger married male who likes to do computer hacks and shortcuts. Yeah. So that is smaller and smaller the demographic. 
Yeah. But then the woman who buys Feel Good Marriage is also not feeling ashamed by sharing it with her friends, right? It's not saying my marriage is in deep trouble. I got a Feel Good Marriage. Here's the book for you to do it too. It makes her feel like a hero for having known about this book and sharing it with her friends and family. That's a big um, check to check off when you're deciding between the names that you've created, which one is the, the stronger name, the one that the person's going to feel proud to share is the stronger yeah. name. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, so what, and I know you have a strategy that you use when you're naming something, and it has to do with those four areas. So are, are you able to share a little bit about that strategy? I can share a little bit about it, and they can go in deeper with the um, free course, but one of the things is to really know your ideal individual inside yeah. and out, right? Like marriage hacks, he didn't have a clear vision on it. He does now, but he didn't originally have a clear vision on his ideal individual. And what is the emotion that you want to promise in this book? Because we want you to be able to, to serialize your book, perhaps, or even if it's not right. a perfect serial, you know, you're going to write many books in your lifetime for an author. So what you want is to make a promise that delivers again and again. That's an emotional promise. Apple does this very well. It started with it's a thousand songs in your pocket, right? That was the iPod. And every product after that promised a similar thing, right? Accessibility, ease, lifestyle enhancement. So as the products get proliferated and even the price point goes up, my obstacle to buy goes down because they already delivered that promise with the iPod and the iPad right. and the MacBook, whatever they come up with next, I'm going to buy it because I know the emotional <laughs> journey, right? I know the wish yeah. fulfilled. It's memorable. It's always new but familiar. I trust them. That is the keystone of um, longevity and customer loyalty, and that is, the, that is your business plan, right? Customer loyalty is, in essence, your business plan. Right, and I think what's really important that you're addressing is that it's not just about the book title. So not only do you want a great book title, but you want to give a thought to your brand, um, you know, who your ideal reader is. Likely they will read future books if they really create an emotional connection with you. Mm-hmm. And then if you're a business owner, then you're also creating fans for to come over and hire you or use other products and services that you may have. So there really is much more to it than what is this book about and, mm-hmm. you know, not just about what the book is about, you know, that's the deliverable, but that's boring, right? It's like, okay, I don't, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I want you to solve my problem. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're inviting wanna... them to a story. You're inviting them to a story that they could, not just a book story, I mean the story of your brand, the emotional experience of your brand. You're inviting them into your brand home. And every time they come home, it's the same, just like when you go home for a holiday. Grandma's always grandma, you know, and the meal's always the meal, and crazy Uncle Jimmy's always crazy Uncle Jimmy, and it's always the way you kind of expect it to be. That's a home. That's a brand home. And when your story is consistent, right, your brand story is consistent through all of your names and all of your messaging, then people trust you to come back over and over again. And their obstacle to buy goes from 100% obstacle to zero over time. Right, and that's and what so you're, really, that's you're establishing trust as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're building a relationship. It's a courtship. You're, the book title is a courtship between oh, you and okay. your ideal individual. 
Great. So for those of you just uh, joining us late tonight, my guest is professional namer Canon Wing, whose products have earned billions worldwide for over two decades. She centers her work in helping international brands and entrepreneurs alike step into a greater future by naming it. So she's named for international household names such as Hershey's, Kia, Capital One, Stouffer's, Kraft, Puma, and Best Buy. So Canon has also been generous enough to offer those who are listening tonight a naming cheat sheet. And you can gain access to that cheat sheet by visiting my website at karenroad.com forward slash name your book. So Karen, K-A-R-E-N-R-O-W-E.com forward slash name your book. Once you get that sheet, you will gain access to Canon's free naming course, and there's a a website that you can go to. I've been through it, and the content she shares is phenomenal. She goes over the different uh, four attractions, the emotion, the wish fulfilled, the memorable, the new but familiar. She shares a strategy on how to... um, you know, name things, and not just for book titles, but products and anything else you might be struggling to name, including business names. And as we're learning, it's not just about the book, it could be your whole brand, and that the the name is really a promise of gaining trust and welcoming your target client into your home. So, um, so love, love that, what you were saying. Thank so now you. That they have I- <laughs> Go ahead. Well, go ahead. I just said now that they have access to the sh- the cheat sheet, we can you know get into a little bit more about um, you know some of the strategies and things like that that you use to because you know it, it it's great to understand okay I need the title to to serve this purpose and have mm-hmm. a wish fulfilled and an emotion and be memorable and be new but familiar. But how the heck do you do that? <laughs> yeah, and also just piggybacking off of what you said. Really, your part of your strategy when you are naming your book is to position yourself your, as the author, as a brand. Is to position who you are, mm-hmm. and and to present to them the invitation to your party, right, or your home, your brand yeah. home. So another book yeah. that I recently just named. She just she's we she just we just did the happy dance like just like two hours ago. She's so excited oh. about it. So oh. she's. She, her name is Trina Felber, and she's the CEO of Primal Life Organics. She makes beautiful skincare products that are all completely organic and really good for your skin, and they renew your skin and cure all sorts of skin ailments from acne to rosacea, mm. all, the, all the above. And mm. she really wanted to, to position herself, and she made a classic mistake before we worked together. And I'll share, you, share with you the before and after of her name so we can illuminate the, how to avoid that mistake. Yeah. So she was going to name it Cave, as in C-A-V-E, Cave Girl's Guide to Radiant mm-hmm. and Glowing Skin. Cave okay. Girl's Guide to Radiant and Glowing Skin. And I understand why she wanted to name it that, because she wanted to position herself. However, I'm not walking around the earth thinking, man, I need a, a Cave Girl's Guide. Like a Cave Girl right. would know how I could really get more beautiful, right? Yeah. Um, a cave girl would understand how I can avoid all that, the alcohol and the different different awful things oh, with my cosmetics, yes. right? Yeah, see, I just think I'm, like, pr- pr- primitive or something, or, like, yeah, it makes me think yeah. of being dirty. and. <laughs> yeah, and, she, and that was a little bit on purpose because she's using, quote, unquote, dirt in her products, right, all natural things. No. Oh, but okay. it just, it didn't, it didn't hit the wish fulfillment at all. 
really. No. I mean, radiant and glowing skin, a little bit, but that's so familiar, right? It's not that new. We hear that everywhere, every magazine, every article, everything. And the cave girl is so new, we don't quite get it. We're kind of seeing a, gir- a dirty girl. And also, cave girls were not very empowered, right? Right. They're not very empowered. They're not yeah. very empowered. <laughs> we're much better off now. So um, <laughs> we, we, we don't want to go back to the cave girl days. We want to move forward. So, um, but this, her brand is very cheeky. I named um, her deodorant as well, and I named it Stick Up. So you can kind of get how, like, it's a little bit cheeky. Yeah. So yeah. we renamed the book uh, Beauty's Dirty Secret, Three Steps to Superpower Your Skin. And this is what people want. They want superpower skin, right? They want to c- combat aging. They want to get over acne, whatever it is. Yeah. They want to her tribe of people which is well-established, is very successful. Uh, she's making great products, so why wouldn't she be? She, her tribe of people, they're very anti-big big Cosmo, right? Big, those, you know, big right. brands that are putting negative things to her skin. So we're inviting them into her home with, with that. We're going to tell you the dirty secrets so you're going to get past all that garbage. And we're going to get you three steps to superpower your skin. So it hits more of the emotion, the wish fulfilled, the memorable, the new but familiar, and they get it. Cave Girls guys, they don't quite get it, right? I'm not excited to share that with everybody. Now, do you have to hit all four of those quadrants when you're naming a book? You you have two choices. You can hit the bullseye, which means it gives all four quadrants, or you could hit yeah. one so hard that it eclipses all the others. So it's oh, okay. emotional, right? It's just so compelling emotional. It's all right if it's a bit too familiar, right? But if it's so emotional, then it's kind of like a tagline. Uh, taglines are uh, very familiar, like McDonald's, I'm loving it. People say that all the time, right? It's a kind of a familiar right. thing. But if it's yeah. so emotional, but it doesn't hit all, all of them, it's okay. The best is a bullseye or one that just you hit one so hard or wish fulfilled, right? So hard. Yeah. And have you ever been stumped and not been able to name a product or a, or an item that you've been hired to? I'm always stumped every single time for about two hours, <laughs> and then I walk around thinking, you know, because what I'm doing is I'm coming up with many names, many, many, many. So in my mind, they're asking me the same question over and over. And when I say they, I mean the end user, not the client, not yeah. the person who hired me. I'm always thinking right. inside heart of the end user, not my client, actually. You, yeah. you, when you're naming your book, you should not be fulfilling your agenda. That's a big um, pothole to step oh. over. You should oh, be that's... trying to say out loud the secret pressing on the heart of the person you're trying to serve, right? Oh, that's the thing. Yeah, the thing that they had, could scream out loud if they were brave enough. And if you oh. say it out loud for them, if you say it out loud for them, then they follow you. This is how revolutions are started, right? Martin Luther King said, I have a dream today. Now, we yeah. needed that speech. And he didn't even write that. Uh, it's a great story. That was an improvised line. He was giving his speech, which I'm sure had some other title that we don't know. And Mahela Jackson, a beautiful uh, gospel singer, was sitting in front of him and said, take him to church, Martin. And he said, I have a dream today. So emotional, <laughs> Right. Wish yeah. and Rubble, yeah. new but familiar, right? And we named it that collectively, and we followed him into that greater future, the exact uh, 
you know, purpose of a name, right, to get a following. We followed him into that greater future, and we're still following him into that greater future because that was the secret pressing on our heart, black, white, yellow, green, purple, polka dotted, right, <laughs> whoever you were. We also right. had a dream I, about quality. Um, that is really valuable because I, I have a hard time sometimes with my clients who, in fact, I think the kiss of death is when they come to me and say, I have the perfect title for a book. I always say, no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guarantee. They, we'll, like, we'll if they come, yeah. yeah, and uh, if they come to me and they're too attached to the title, I, I often ask them, are you willing to have that title be something else if it sold more books? And if they mm-hmm. say yes, I'll work with them. And if they say no, then I'll say I can't help you because yeah. you'll write a book for nothing. No one will pick up the book or read it. And I had a client that came to me, and she was really convinced the title had come to her in a vision or a dream or something like that. And it was a great title, and it was very catchy. And in the end, it didn't actually speak to her, the problem that her reader needed and yeah. would have ended up putting her in an industry that she didn't want to be in. So she's yeah, so you really have to be strategic on that. And I understand yeah. that, that dream one that comes in through your dream. But that's your yeah. dream. That's the secret pressing on your heart. If it came to her ideal individual that she's serving, that dream, that's yeah. the one you could take the title from, right? It's always right. about them. It's not about yeah. you, the writer. It's always about Yeah, and about she was them. so devastated. She walked away for six months from her book and had to, like, re strategize the whole thing so I just say to everyone from the beginning like do yourself a favor and don't get attached to any title because chances are like 95% sure if not 99% sure that the title will change and it doesn't really care what you think or what I think it cares what's going to you know what your target reader thinks right yeah you did so a great I like, service you did her a great service by doing that I do the same yeah. I do not let people go out with a title that's going to keep them small the purpose yeah. of the title is to call into being a greater future for them and for their clients. And if it's going to keep them in a certain demographic that isn't their biggest demographic, remember like marriage hacks and feel good marriage, we want yeah. to hit that, that true demographic. We want to serve the people that we set out to serve because that's why we were born, right? There's 7 million people on the planet. You're here to do what only you're here to do and to serve the greatest number of people that you can, right? You want to be an inspiration to millions. You've got to pick those millions and you've got to deliver the story that emotionally compels them to buy the book. Otherwise, you write a book and it, it doesn't serve the people it was meant to serve. And what was the favorite thing you've ever named? That I ever named? Um, <laughs> I would have to say all of my animals, I think. You know, there's yeah, one no. thing. But actually, you know what? My best thing, this is the best thing you can name, is your year. You should name your year every year. This oh. is how I build my business out. I, every year I name my year, and That's it true. comes to fruition because I make choices based on the name. So this year is named Upgrade for me, and I'm oh, upgrading. Yeah, I'm upgrading from a driver's license to a pilot's license. You know, like any time <laughs> I get a choice, I make the year before, well, two years before it was expansion, and my business built up so huge that the – following year, I named it Partnership because I needed to bring in partners, <laughs> and, I, right. and I built a beautiful partnership and beautiful um, relationship with my partners, and now I'm an upgrade. So I highly recommend you name your year because it really does change your life. That's a really great tip. So I was going to ask you, you know, the danger of misnaming a book, but I think you're, you've been really clear about it. So it's that you're going to end up servicing the wrong client and they're not the title's not going to resonate with them they they likely aren't going to pick it up or read it um and then if you're fulfilling your own agenda 
then you're really not in service and your message isn't going to get to where it needs to be. Yeah, I think if you're going through, you know, you go through my course and you're going through the names that you've created. Let's say you've created 90 names. Every time you take one off the list or keep one on the list, ask yourself, is, does it meet those uh, four criteria, the four attractions of a great name? You know, is it emotional? Is it a wish fulfilled? Is it memorable? Is it new familiar? New but familiar. And, it, and then in the end, say, for them or for me, right? I'm doing this for right. them. For them or for me, and anything that's for me goes off the list, and anything is for them, the secret pressing in, on their heart, that, that name stays on the list until you get the final name. You'll be way yeah. above most of the people if you do just that. Oh, that's so great. And believe it or not, we're out of time. That just flew by. We have about 30 seconds. Do you have any one final thought that you can leave the listeners with? Um, just the true purpose of your name is to call into being a greater future for the people you serve and for yourself. Thank you so much for joining us. On next week's show, our guest is headshot photographer Michael McCoy. He's here to speak with us on the five big mistakes authors make with their headshots. So please join us. We're here every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. In the meantime, get busy and get writing. 